So you're saying at no point was he ever good? <laughs> I mean, he was maybe serviceable at one point. I don't know. Gretzky had it, lost it. Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving. Blue line chance. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass, and these are your hosts, the hockey know-it-alls, KJ and Zach Mack. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Puck Puck Pass. As always, I'm your host, KJ, joined by the always wonderful Zach Mack. How are you doing tonight, bud? I'm doing well, man. You always catch me on a good night, so that's... that's. Uh, that's... I think it's just a good night when we record. That's, yeah. That's really the only answer. Something uh, we... here. We've got a bunch of uh, fun stuff to talk about today, uh, and the Hawks and Knights play tonight. So I'm a little bit torn. Obviously, my heart is with the Hawks, but I know there's no Stanley Cup in their immediate future. The Knights, there is. So I think I'm just going to root for the Hawks to to have their night tonight. Yeah, so the way I always thought about that was like, at least for the duration that I'm on here... Because I I have thought of like what if the Red Wings run into the Knights what's what's my so I I just think like while we're on here we got to be rooting for the Knights right I mean I don't I don't know how you I mean it. I'd say against twenty nine other teams I'm a hundred percent for the Knights but on for a game like this I'm I'm okay with just saying that I'm going to be rooting for the Hawks okay because it's probably pretty unlikely that they win. Even though last night, as we record this on Tuesday night, last night the Knights had a really weird game against the Flyers. Yeah, that was weird. Like it was one of those games that you just kind of throw it away for both teams. Like, they're definitely not that good, and the Knights definitely aren't that bad. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so we've got Hawks Knights tonight, uh, player news. Uh, 90 seconds later in the episode, we're going to go over our power rankings. That If you haven't seen, check them out at Puck Puck Pass Pod. On Twitter, we're going to go over them, go over them in this episode, but uh, you can always check them out there. We're going to try to get those out every week. Uh, it's just kind of a culmination of everyone uh, who works with us doing hockey stuff at Belly Up Sports. We're going to try to get everyone's opinion and put those uh, together. Let's jump right into player news. We'll start. Uh, we'll start with good news. Uh, the best of a bad situation, I guess. Uh, the Dallas Star, no Dallas Stars players, or it seems like any family members, dogs, pets, no one was injured during that tornado, even though a few of them had their houses pretty destroyed. Did you see the picture of Tyler Sagan's house? I did see. I was, I was going to ask you the same thing. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. I mean, according to the thousands of comments that said, I don't care that a rich person's house is destroyed, a lot minced in there were a lot of people saying that. Uh, it's been empty for a while and that he's listed it for sale. Yeah, I think he came so out. Thankfully, there's no one in there. Yeah, he came I, out later that day and said that it, he had had it up for sale. Nobody was injured. But uh, that was, uh, I don't, I where you are, you probably got none of it. But here in West Tennessee, um, I, I was, we had tornadoes. Um, I was woken up at 6 a.m. to the alarms, which are like geez. literally right outside my window. So that there's no sleeping through that. Um 6 a.m. waking me up, ever, rushing everyone downstairs. It was pretty hectic, but uh, I, I Dallas know, got it much worse. To, yeah, for for sure. Um, are they still like full blown tornadoes when they get to you, or is it just high winds? No, it was it was high winds. There was a it was like a 
I don't know what the technical term for it is, but a swirling cloud. It just hadn't touched the ground. Funnel cloud, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> um. So, yeah, we're very thankful that uh, – well, we hope everybody who was seriously affected is okay. Um, but we did get the news today as it was kind of funneling in. After, after the Cowboys absolutely destroyed the Eagles, which was the best part of my week, non-hockey related, best part of my week, uh, we got that news in tonight. Uh, among all the festivities tonight is Tuka Rask's 500th game. 500th game. And now he's a, he's a goalie, so that some people say that's like a 1,000 games skated as far as uh, milestone for goalies. Seems like he's been around for 5,000 games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not a, the biggest Rask guy, but you got to tip your hat to that. I mean, 500 games in the league as a goalie is pretty impressive. But you're right, it does seem like he's been around forever. I I don't know if it's because Tim Thomas was like just went into hiding. So there was it was like it was Tim Thomas, Tukarask. Like there was no like awkward uh Brodeur Schneider situation or Luango <laughs> Schneider situation. Right. Like, Tim Thomas disappeared and now we've had Tukarask ever since then. So it feels like he's been along way more than he has, or been around way more than he has, but uh Everyone in the league has something nice to say about this guy. I mean, as a player, he plays for Boston, so unfortunately I do have to despise him. Uh, but everyone's got something good to say about this guy. So congratulations to Tuka Rask. Uh, I hope they lose tonight, but congrats on 500 games. That's that's pretty special. I think it's going to be like, because um, you brought you brought up how swift a, a switch it was from Thomas to Rask. Cause it does feel like Rask has been around forever, but on the same hand, it, seems like we were watching Tim Thomas just yesterday. And I, I see a lot of the same in uh, uh, Vasilevsky. I think he's going to turn out just like Rask, where it's just like everyone's kind of – everyone's already forgetting that Bishop was a key part in a successful lighting squad. Yeah, that is – it is funny how that works. And because the trade – as soon as the trade rumors started – see, I think the, the marriage ended a little bit better, obviously, in Boston – Sure, yeah, yeah. He reti- he retired in Boston, right? Or did he end up somewhere else before? I don't know. I'd have to look that yeah, up. Yeah, I would have yeah. to as well. But for the most part, I mean, everyone there still loves him. I don't know how Tampa feels about Tim Thomas but or about Ben Bishop, but he's still pretty successful for another team. So I can't imagine they miss him. Right. Not yet, at least. But maybe once he retires, they can... I guess he didn't win a cup there, so fuck him. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, John, Jonathan Erickson finally placed on waivers for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Oh my god! How, how do you, as a Red Wings fan, as a resident Wings fan, how do you feel? About I this? I could not be more elated. I mean, obviously, what what we all wanted was Steve Eisman to come in here <coughs> and do a a GM's job, which is what we weren't getting in the recent years out of Ken Holland. So. Yeah, and he's, he's finally doing it. I mean, I, I was kind of wondering where it was earlier, but you don't hate it now. He's gone. They're going to call Svechnikov up from the AHL, who I thought was just in the AHL longer than he needed to be anyways. So. I have never felt as strongly about how bad a player is than Jonathan Ayers. Oh, yeah. Oh, bad. Like, it's awful. It's from, from video games to highlights to just seeing who he was paired up against. Like, he was – I feel like he's always been this way, but he was one of those guys where you just immediately look to see who he was paired up with because it was all on them. I've just, 
I'm sure he was very, very good when I was a kid. Drafted in 02. I mean, he's been around forever. Yeah. But and he was like in my adult life, he's been awful. Yeah, it's 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 almost like Brock Brock Osweiler, who just recently retired in NFL. You realize how much this guy raked in when he yeah. had a somewhat I guess you could call it a career. I don't know if you'd call it a career, but and it's just like this is like where I'm at with Jonathan Erickson now. It's like, wow, this guy played with like and again, you said he's been around for a while and he was serviceable when he first came up with a squad that needed stability at defense with all the offensive firepower they had. But at this point, it's like, wow, he just was wearing that winged wheel for far too long. Yeah, I, I think Jonathan Erickson is one of the shining examples of why it was time to move on from Ken Holland. Yeah, uh, yeah, a, yes. That's the type of player that he put blinders on and just and just paid him every time he was due. Uh, good for the Red Wings fans to finally see Jonathan. It's like when the Lions got rid of the last of their 0-16 team. Yeah. Like, it's just it's like, whew. You can feel the Red Wings moving forward. It's still not very good. But at least there's no more Jonathan Erickson. So I think that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. And if if anything, Steve Eisman just ensures that more people are going to love him for this season. Like he can he can do no wrong the rest of the season because he got rid of one of the biggest pain in the asses <laughs> in recent hockey memory, as far as in Detroit. What's the time limit to claim somebody? Uh they have twenty four hours or until noon tomorrow as we record this. So noon Wednesday. If he's not uh, claimed by someone, he'll go. He'll be assigned to the Griffins. Oh my God! I hope somebody like Philly or Minnesota. I don't know. That he's like at. he's so bad. Yeah, I don't. No, I don't think I anyone don't will. Because but... I mean, there's I've, somebody just recently uh, passed waivers in or cleared waivers, and I know they were better than Jonathan. <laughs> it could have been me. Honestly, like, there are not many players that I claim that I could skate better than. Actually, there's no players in the NHL I claim I can skate better than, except for Jonathan Erickson. Well, hopefully, not backwards. Yeah. Not backwards, but from goal line to goal line, I bet you today I could beat him. Well, afternoon tomorrow, there will be no NHL players that you can skate better. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's fair. Uh, so good luck to Jonathan Erickson in his future endeavors. Uh, I hope he saved up some of that money because I, yeah. I mean, a guy like that's not getting into coaching. Right, yeah, it's about run out. <laughs> uh, speaking of fourth former Red Wings, uh, Gustav Nyquist. Real quick, before we get into this, do you like Nyquist? Like, do people, do Detroit fans miss Nyquist? Uh, I don't, I don't miss him, but I'm, I'm on, I'm a Nyquist guy. I, li- I liked him better than I liked Tatar. Like all those short, fast guys that we had. Nyquist was my favorite. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because I always felt like there, like it was never volatile or anything, but you did have a side. Like you were Tatar or Nyquist for a good <laughs> while. Um, and then I feel like if you were Nyquist, you were also Shahan, and then it was Glenn Denning. And yeah, and then it was anyway. Frowns Nielsen, and it's just all. Oh, awesome. God. Uh, Gustav Nyquist scored an overtime penalty shot winner. I feel like I've maybe seen two of these. In my lifetime, like an overtime penalty shot game winning goal. I almost feel like it should be like beer pong and the other team should should be able to have a penalty <laughs> shot. Themselves. And then before you know it, we're just in the shootout. <laughs> like I just I don't know. I mean, it's not like a big it's not like a rule issue that I have or anything. But I was as I saw the highlight because I didn't watch this game live. 
I was like, ah, maybe they should just call penalties in overtime, which effectively ends the game anyway. Yeah. But it was just, it, it is weird to see guys get a penalty shot in overtime. But I mean, when they deserve it, obviously, but I don't know. It was, it was weird, but good for Nyquist getting on the score sheet in his new, uh, new home in Columbus. Yeah, felt good. Felt- Not far from Detroit. Maybe he's trying to come back. Felt good for the guy. Yeah, and he beat Babcock. So as far as like two ex-Detroit guys go, I'm side with Mike Lewis before I'm side with Babcock. Yeah, I mean, we were pretty close to not mentioning the uh, Le- the Leafs this episode, but you just you you did it. Yeah. Am I fired yet? Did it? No. Nobody sends me anything. No. There's 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 a <laughs> no. There's a list of people in front of you. Um, Steven Stamkos. 397 career goals. He's coming up uh, on his 400th goal. Amali Benjamin at NHL.com wrote a really cool piece on him about where he stands history-wise and where he feels he should stand history-wise. And I don't mean that in like a Jalen Ramsey sense, like they're asking a player to rank himself. He is just, he's never going to forgive himself. And obviously it's out of his control, but he's missed so much time over two and a half collective seasons that he is like really wishing that he was closer to 500 goals than 400. And when you look at his numbers and the time he missed, and if, if you want to do the math, he is a lot closer to 500 goals. If he plays his average number of games every year of his career. Um, And it kind of made me realize Steven Stamkos is one of the more likable players in the NHL. I never thought of him that way, but I maybe you disagree, but I I realized that today. I like Steven Stamkos. Yeah, I was uh, I was a big Stamkos fan when he burst onto the scene. But you're right; he's one of mo- most more like under the radar, off off the screen type of player. Because he is well, the Lightning were good right before the lockout, and then they were they were bad, and then Stamkos came along, and then they were good again. And then obviously now they've got Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov. Vasilevsky, you know, list goes on on the good team now, but it used to be just Samkos, and he was like, he was just like your before there was, um, you know, the line A's or the, um, Ovechkin was around, but he was, he wasn't the powerful Ovi we know as as now, and it was just Samkos just had this shot like, it was it was borderline unstoppable, and. Yeah. And he was moving yeah. sometimes when he took that. Drive. So it is a shame in that regard that, you know, he had to miss some time and he's, he doesn't have the goal tools that he'd like to be at. But um, I agree. I think he's a very likable player. I got I got no, nothing against him. And I do think that he deserves more credit than he gets. But I also don't think he's like slighted ever. I don't, uh, I don't feel that he's slighted. I mean, I think people are quick to leave him out of yeah. top mm-hmm. shot rankings i guess um but honestly if you would have asked me yesterday if he had 400 career goals i would have said yes i i think i might have before i read this piece uh probably figured that he had more than 400 yeah 400 goals already yeah i probably would i I would have too i probably would have guessed he was closer to 500 than 400 yeah i mean 11 seasons uh one lockout shortened and two he missed over half the season so uh, hopefully he can get it in a hat trick. He'll just he'll get ninety eight, ninety nine, and four hundred all yeah. at once, uh, and it'll be a cool celebration. As long as it's not against a team. I like. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, we'll finish up player news with Nathan McKinnon and real quick, uh, Miko Rantanen. I'm sure you've seen by now, if you're listening to this, you've probably already seen uh, the video of Miko Rantanen injuring his ankle. Still, as we record, there's no uh, definitive diagnosis on what it is. See a lot of really bad possibilities and a lot of just kind of bad possibilities. Overall, it didn't look good. And that's a pretty cringeworthy video, if you saw it. Yeah, it's like his the tip of his skate blade catches the ice and twists his ankle real quick, which it looks bad at slow-mo, so I can only imagine. A really far way. Yeah, a really long way. <laughs> yeah, like I can only imagine on uh, like real, real speed how much that hurt, but hopefully, you know, you're just hoping it's nothing more than an ankle sprain or something like that, if you're an, yeah, if you're an Avs even, fan. Yeah, I mean, look. And a good human. Thankfully... <laughs> Thankfully, the Avalanche are set up to be okay for a little while without uh, Miko Ranson, but you got to hope that it's not uh, a break. I mean, a high ankle, a high ankle sprain could be pretty bad as well, but I think they're just praying that nothing uh, is broken at the moment. On the happier side of things, Nathan McKinnon became the fifth player in NHL history, and bear with me on this one, to start back-to-back seasons with nine game point streaks nine or more game point streaks fifth player of all time ever to do that that's one of the most impressive things i've seen all season that no that is nathan mckinnon great player obviously but that's an incredible stat yeah wow i'm impressed you you read that off to me off the air and i I told you i said i don't know how um, i can't believe five people have done that um it's just it's so easy to like just one game even your team gets shut out or something like that you just don't get a point. Like yeah, nine, that's that's a that's a lot. And it happens a lot when you see guys when when Patrick like when Patrick Kane went on his really long uh, point streak a few years ago. It was like every single game midway through the third period, you'd get to the point where like, all right, the Hawks are winning. All right, that's good. They could pull their goalie. And somebody will find Patrick Kane for him to either dish it off for an assist or like you're always looking to get that point. Nathan McKinnon, it feels like just comes so naturally. I mean, the guy's never out of place. Just watching this team. Um, he's probably going to get this up to, I imagine, 12 or 13. I mean, they're all they're all on fire. That entire. I mean, obviously, we just talked about Ranton and being out. Um, but there seems to be no weakness in this uh in this avalanche offense and McKinnon being the leader in that definitely gets us up over 10 games. Yeah. Did you see his, uh, he, it almost looks like he stumbled at the top of the zone, but that, that snapshot he put by, um, Anderson. I did not. Oh my God. So beautiful? if you get, if you get a chance, check it out. Maybe Maria will pull it up right here, but it, he almost like stumbles, get grabs the pass, but then it's like, his release is so fast. It's, it's, I can't even do it justice. Like everyone go watch it, but like without even looking, we'll post it from shoots. the we'll post it from the puck puck yeah. Twitter account. Yeah, and it's like it's by Anderson before he even like thinks that McKinnon's going to shoot. It's just he it, it just continues to like I could speak all day about how good Nathan McKinnon is, and he'll go out tomorrow's game and do something impressive. It's just insane. I I really have a hard time believing that he's not your favorite player in the league. I, he is. He's he, he's got he's got to be. If I made a ranking right now, I, he wasn't last year, but I think he is now. Yes, good. Good. I'm I'm happy for you. Good observation. You finally admit that. 
he is he's so exciting to watch uh and uh, when you see things like this it just kind of shows you he's not only uh fun to watch but he's a great player and it's hard to know where to put him as far as is he in that McDavid Crosby Matthews tier or is that second tier of uh are we ready to put Jack Eichel there Oh wow! We, well, I, we could we but, could do a whole episode on that. I think I know, but like the McKinnons, the Malkins, uh, the Goudreaux, like the the elite best of the best players that just aren't you know there can only be so many at the top. And if you don't agree with Matthews, we can at least agree that Crosby and McDavid are the first, the only people in the first tier. And then McKinnon, he's right on the doorstep though. I mean, I think if he goes, if he were to go for a hundred points this year you'd have to argue that he's one of the three best players in the league. Yeah. Four best players. Yeah. So, okay, so the Avs have 36 goals this season, Jeez. which only the Maple Leafs have more, but they've played an extra game. And we said, what, what did we say the pace was? It was like, for the most goals in the season, I can't remember. Oh, the most goals in the season? Like five, I want to say it was like five. But... Four, I feel like it was like 4-12. Okay, but if we're keeping an eye on this, the Avalanche are averaging four, just straight four game. Four game. Nine games, 36 goals, averaging four game. And that's still only 320, 328 goals. Yeah, but we're keeping I mean, an eye that, on that to see if they can. But they are. It, they've so slowed down gonna, since the beginning of the season. But Well, yeah, so let's, let's move on. Um, that was it for player news. Do you have anything else? Uh, before we move uh, on. player wise, no, I think we got uh, we got it all covered. Okay, because this ties into what you're about to say. Um, last night, the Avs uh, eight game point streak ended against the St. Louis Blues. Uh, they have slowed down as far as scoring, I'd say, but I I still think they're the best the best team in the in the West as of right now. Like they're playing the best of anyone, I should say. Would you, and I know this kind of ties into power rankings, which we'll touch on, but do you think they're the best team in the West or they're the best team in the league? For you, personally. No. All right, so if you had to put, if you had to pick tonight's schedule and it was, and I was like, all right, you get the Avalanche and the, the one team that you think could beat the Avalanche tonight, who would, who would you put out there? Are the Avs at home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Avs are at home in this scenario. So at Colorado, I think the only team that could beat them is Boston. Okay. Um, if Colorado went somewhere, I'd still say they they beat the gold or uh, the Golden Knights beat them at home. But in a series, I don't think I think there's too many pieces right now for the Avalanche, and who knows what happens the rest of the season. But when they have so much talent that they don't need all the pieces to come together. Pieces just kind of come together because there's too many to, to not work at that point. It's not like the Maple Leafs where there's three all world players and we're trying to figure out what Nylander is and Johnson and all those guys. We know that the avalanche are going to score goals consistently. They're going to play good defense. Kale McCarr haven't looked too far into the analytics this early in the season because I don't know what the sample size is, but looks good. He's passing the eye test. Uh, Colorado Avalanche are still, I'm still taking the Knights to win the West overall. I think things change in the playoffs, but tonight I think the Colorado Avalanche are 
best team in the West, second best team in the league. Okay, that's fair. I think a lot of it speaks to how good of a job that front office is doing. We talked about all offseason. The problems for the Avalanche was their depth, <clears throat> their role players, people that can support that top line. And then you were sitting here right now, and you just told me that they don't have to all be on. Like they don't, they don't have to all be perfect every night in order to win games. And that's the exact problems that the front office set out this summer to to solve. And it's what they they did solve. So if I'm any role player, development player, whatever in that organization, I'm trusting this front office right now. I think they're showing good signs of a great future. I think I'm. I think Colorado's gonna be good for a long time. Oh, I, I had questions after last year, and the questions that have been answered, I think. Ex- yeah, absolutely. We talked about it um, on a recent episode. I don't think it was last episode, but we talked about the the teams that solved A, B, C, and D, or that knew that they had to solve A, B, C, and D. Colorado looks like they've they've circled all of the above. I re- the, yeah. I think they've made the most progress. Um, as far as sustainability as well, because I'm still I'm still not in on Edmonton. Um, but before we go down that rabbit hole, uh, let's go over our these are our power rankings. That I told you about that uh, we all kind of came together and built. And I have NBC's terrible, terrible rankings in front of me as well. So I'll just read off <laughs> um, our top 10 for the listeners and then. Uh, we can kind of go over our thoughts and if we disagree with any of the group decisions. And then uh, I have a couple stats that play into it as well. So at number 10, Toronto Maple Leafs. At number nine, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Number eight, the Washington Capitals. Number seven, our Vegas Golden Knights. Number six, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Number five, uh, the Edmonton Connor McDavid's. Four, the Buffalo Sabres. Three, the Carolina Hurricanes. Two, Boston Bruins and won the Colorado Avalanche. Do you like our list? You, Zach, Mac. Personally, yes, I do like our list. Um, it's a little obvious. So for those listeners out there who aren't familiar, there's a panel of us that got together and did this, and these are pretty much agreed upon based on all of our lists. So um, don't be shocked when... KJ says he thinks the Bruins can beat the Avalanche, but the Avalanche are number one. It was just an agreeance thing. But yeah, I like our list. It doesn't exactly match mine, but it's close enough where uh, I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any glaring problems with it. Yeah. So I and I don't either. I mean, we've got the Sabers at four. At the time that I made my list, I had them at one, but I know that's a pipe dream. I'm actually pretty proud of of us and Luke and Jackson uh, for putting this together. I think it's a good list. I mean. I'm glad that we left Anaheim off because they have um they are three and three since their three and oh start. So okay. they're playing average because they're probably average. Um and before beating the Avalanche last night, the Blues had lost four in a row. Now they had gotten points in those games, but if you're wondering why the Blues and the Ducks, among other teams, missed the top ten, uh that's why the, that 8, 9, and 10 range was probably the most difficult of the night. Yeah, and I got to uh, – I I was a little – because I argued the Penguins in uh, at the time that we were doing this. Uh, 
I don't think anybody else had them inside the top 10, but they were on a four-game win streak, and they were winning their fifth um, as we were debating. Um, and I feel a little like maybe they don't belong in the top 10 because they, they got blanked by Vegas a couple days later. 3 nothing. Just got shut out. Hashtag YGS. So I was a little like, okay, I mean, if, if they're losing, if they're getting shut out by a team only twice above them, then maybe maybe they don't belong in the top 10. But like you said, those other bubble teams were, they were just like the Ducks, the Blues, they were too hard to put in there as well. Yeah, it's hard to, I mean, the Oilers for me, like I had the Oilers in my top 10, obviously, but it is hard to look at certain teams and know what they are and know it's probably not going to last. Hello. Um, and put and put them confidently in your top ten. I mean, the Sabers, Oilers, and Hurricanes are. I mean, the Hurricanes could be a legitimate team, but those are the three teams to me out of our top ten that are most likely not to be in the top ten at the end of the season. Yeah, it's or funny even next I've week, been... honestly. <laughs> I've been on this Oiler train all season, and I know I give you a lot of shit for it, but I I did. We put this graphic out. We put it on Twitter, and I looked at it, and I was like, "I know," because I personally had the Oilers higher than five. We we agreed to put them at five. Um, I personally had them higher than five on my list. But then, even as I looked at this, I was like, "I just don't think the Oilers are a top five team." And I know they're playing like a top five team, and the results are are top five worthy, but. It's so hard to think, like, if I put all these teams in a playoffs, I think the Oilers would be bounced first easily. Oh, absolutely. And I think uh, I think it's easy to get sucked into the, you know, McDavid's on pace for 199 points. Dreisaitl's doing this. The team's winning. You know, they've got it figured out. Dave Tippett is doing everything that he – I mean, dude, fucking Dreisaitl was playing, like, 27 minutes a night. Like, yeah. that's not going to happen all season. They're playing very well, like, and I definitely don't fault anyone for getting on the side train because anytime a team with the best player, arguably the best player in the world on it, people are going to get behind that team because they want to see that guy win. To me, I, I don't buy it because of things like their ice time. Like, it's just, it's never going to work that way. But I will give them credit because, like I said, Dave Tippett's doing everything that he needed to do uh, to make this team I don't want to say contender because even even now it's tough to say that they're a contender, but to make them better, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe they are that good, and Dave Tippett's the reason. Uh, but if you just looked, if you gave me their stat sheet today, and I looked it up and down, I'd say no way this is sustainable. Sustainable. Yeah. Um, whether or not it is sustainable. I doesn't hide the fact that I think that this was very crucial. This start was very crucial for just to, like the Edmonton fan base. I think if you if you start one and seven versus seven and one, which may be a more accurate representation of how your team's going to finish, because you're right, this team could <laughs> may not even finish five hundred. But to have this seven and one and one start or whatever they are now is so crucial to keep your fans interested for the rest of the season, especially up in Canada. I mean, they're they're gonna watch hockey regardless, but yeah, I mean, they just getting people in the build. I mean, they're gonna get people in the building, but to continue to 
put faith, I guess, or to to have your fans put faith in this team. And holy shit, I just remember Ken Holland. Like yeah. there, <laughs> the fan base is is more than justified in like not believing in this team or not falling for the tricks necessarily or anything like that. But it's, it's a lot more than, than just Connor McDavid scoring a ton of points. I I mean, just in the top five, let me, so the only team with less goals than them in the top five in the West right now is Anaheim. Who's got the best goalie in the league. (laughs) So, and, and they're only plus seven. I mean, they've only scored Anaheim's only scored 23 goals in nine games, and they've only given up 16. So Edmonton has scored 31, and they've only given up 21. And could you could you name a defenseman on Edmonton right now? Mm, Off the top, no. of, I I no. I'd have to refresh to. Chris Chris Russell. Yeah, no. They suck so bad. Like I have no, they're one of the only teams that I refuse to like really look into. Cause I know we did it over the off cleft bomb. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There. You guys, are you happy Edmonton fans? Uh, and I was right. Chris Russell is Chris Russell's five ten. Jeez. Uh, if you, if you're all in on this team, like Zach, I'm a, you're justified, but you're much more justified to think this team is full of shit. And that that's where I stand just because I think they're going to kill their own, their best players. I, I think there's something to be said for, for how much these guys are skating, especially dry and McDavid. I, I don't think it's worth it to start seven and one. Yeah. I mean, they, ha- they have Riley Shahan and Thomas Yurko. So it's just my, it's my ex red wings, you know, that I'm, that's why I'm on the- Oh, oh well, no. Now, now that you mention that, just give them. The yeah, well, today. watch out. Uh, Careful what you wish for. I, I, I did want to talk to you about uh, the the Bruins at at two in this. And yeah, I said they could beat the Avalanche, and it wasn't my decision. Um, I actually didn't have them at one. At like I said at the time, it was the Sabers. There's something weird about this Bruins team, like. It's not the typical, we know we're going to make the playoffs. We're a really good team in the East. Like they're, when they're winning, they're punishing people and they've, they're getting actual scores and they have a legitimate Rocket Richard candidate now in, in Pasternak. Uh, this, the Bruins might be better than they were last year. And we've spent all summer saying they were much worse and definitely older than they were last year. Yeah, I'm surprised there's not people jumping all up in my mentions about this, but uh, I've luckily stayed under the radar about that. But you're right, they are. We, we did. I, literally, it was the same thought that was running through my mind. We talked all summer about how these guys are getting older. They're they're going to be kind of hungover from the long season playing into the Stanley Cup Finals. But it's almost like they're playing this this season like they have something to prove. Which I know sounds like, duh, they have something to prove. They lost in the final. But it does. it's not that straight up. Because like, they... And that's not the right. Bruins' mentality. So it's, it's it, it is yeah. almost like they're they have they have a, a character to them. Not that they didn't before. It just seems a little different now. Yeah i i, I don't think about the Bruins and think like Chara, Bergeron, Marchand anymore. 
Like, I know they're there, and I know they're still going to contribute. But there have been times as of late where, you know, I'm looking at the Bruins, whether it's on my cable guide or I'm looking on NHL.com. Like, I see the Bruins, and I'm thinking more Pasternak, Marshan, DeBrusque, McAvoy. Like, their younger studs, I think, are more of an identity to this team than any of the veterans, including Bergeron and Chara. Yeah. And I think that's what makes them so dangerous. And it definitely makes them a bigger threat than NBC is letting on as well. NBC had them fifth behind the Knights, Capitals, and Hurricanes, and obviously the Avalanche. I mean, that's yeah. That's I, just I don't know what they see there. They they came in and stomped the yeah. They I mean they've beaten all those teams this season. So, I, I mean, power rankings are arbitrary and they're kind of dumb sometimes, uh, but it gives us a chance to come together as a as the belly up sports NHL uh, analysts, experts, uh, perfectionists, whatever you want to call us, uh, dickheads. I don't. Know, I've been called a lot worse, uh, but we're gonna keep coming together to to bring you that, and it's only ever gonna be a top ten. I don't have time for thirty one teams. And nobody cares who the twenty seventh best team in the league Except, is. Because right now we'll, it's the, we'll be it's sure to let you know Hawks. on January thirty or January third who's in last place. But that's it. That's it. That's true. Yeah, because I don't know if you know. Last year it was the St. Louis Blues and they won the cup. Yeah, they won the cup. They were last place at the beginning of the calendar year. Now, did they get a new goalie for that? All right. I can't I can't keep doing that. <laughs> I I I'm so this is the last time I'll do that, I'll promise, but or I promise, but making geez, ourselves throw up over here. It it is because now we're at the point this early in the season that you, we we still can't count anyone out because everyone's gonna say, "Well, you know, who cares if they're in last place?" Do you see what the the Blues did last year? Like, yeah, right. That's I don't know why I was worried about the Oilers being one and seven. That's probably what they would have spit out. <laughs> um, as of right now. Uh, if we're going by Blues logic, the Ottawa Senators are your 2019-20 Stanley Cup. Uh, there we go. Let's go, Sens. Um, also, the New Jersey Devils have won two games since we've recorded. Ah, uh, yes. Thank you for noting that. No longer wins. Um, I'm surprised. So you're not doing a, a YGS this week? No, I had a court today. No, because I, 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 I did have an honorable mention that I just remembered. Yeah, sure. What was it? It was the Devils blanking the Canucks. Oh, and Jack Hughes' only goal? Yeah. You, the day after I talk about being on Canuck Watch and that the Devils are terrible and they go in and beat them one nothing. This is, I mean, granted, they're still minus 12 in goal differential, 2 4 and 2. The, the Devils are, but I mean, there's a lot of firepower on Vancouver. If they can sure things up defensively, we could start to see the turnaround, but that team sucks right now. I wanted to ask you, because I, I thought... Where's P.K. Subban? I I thought about anyway. that during the game. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was the Canucks game. I did watch that Canucks game. Um, Canucks-Devils game. And honestly, I thought about it during it, because you brought up the Canucks and how their road ahead was a little easy. How do they get so lucky to have back-to-back day games on the weekend? They're the only team that back. They put New Jersey at noon, and then they play the Rangers at noon the next day. I, I don't know how they got so lucky, but I was furthermore invested in your Canucks have an easy road theory. 
Um, and I meant to bring that up. But and then they get blanked by the Devils, so that's great. Yeah, but I was thinking the same. Subban, even Simmons, Simmons at least he's out there involved in plays, but it seems like he's never doing anything crucial or I don't. What's I'm blanking on the word it, I'm looking for, but he's not helping. Yeah, <laughs> Wayne, help! <laughs> I uh, it it seems like the Devils are literally just in the wrong place at the wrong time on every other offensive possession. And as soon as the chemistry starts, we might see a different team because watching this team, you hear, if you're just listening to this game and you're hearing Subban, Taylor Hall, Nikita Gusev, Jack Hughes, Kyle Palmieri, like those are names of probably a pretty good team. If they're all in one place, I, I don't, I just, I still don't see it, but the only, you don't have to worry about them being in the uh, belly up NHL power rankings. I think so. <laughs> uh, did we miss anything from the weekend? Short weekend. Yeah, it was it was quick weekend, quicker than I wanted it to be, but I don't think I think we sorry about your Lions, by the way. Yeah, man. It, I mean, the the Lions are gonna Lions, man. I don't. There's, I really don't have anything to say other than I expected this. So, have we ever had? A team like the Patriots in hockey. I mean, like I think, even in our lifetime. No. No, I mean, obviously, you could throw a couple into the same conversation, like uh, Blackhawks, Kings. I think you could throw them into a conversation with each other, but I don't think they belong in a conversation with the Patriots. It's just crazy how. It is, it's, I mean, in the 50s, we, I mean, Montreal was winning nine out of 10 cups in the decade or whatever, but I mean, sustained success in the modern era to start every season this way though. I mean, the Red Wings, the Red Wings didn't have as many championships, but they did it for a long time. Yeah. It's just, it's just crazy, man. I, I, I football is, they're going to win the, they're going to win the Super Bowl, right? I mean, there's no, I think, I think the Niners are winning the Super Bowl, but I don't want to get into that. Uh, I don't either because that might be the hottest take of your podcasting career. Just kidding. <laughs> they they look really good. Um, if we didn't miss anything, um, I'm going to do 90 seconds and it, it's a different uh, type of 90 seconds. So you'll have to bear with me. Uh, but I I'm do excited. need 90 Let's seconds. Go. Uh, an article came out on NHL.com today. Uh, Matt, Dumba and Hayden Fleury were showing off uh, their tattoos. It was Dumba's first tattoo. It didn't say whether or not it was Hayden Fleury's first tattoo or not, but that uh, didn't really matter. Each one uh, was for the same exact person. His name was Kale Williams. Uh, He grew up around the team in Canada that Dumba and Hayden Fleury uh, played juniors on, and he got to spend a lot of time with them, and he had a very serious uh, bone disease basically and it made it it made everything really tough for kale uh and then kale took his own life in 2013 and both dumba and hayden flurry uh carry that with them everywhere they go and uh actually if you if you look closely during games you can see hayden flurry as kw on a stick every night i bring this up because november it's really fun for no shade november and we make a lot of jokes and everything but november is a real thing and 
a lot of money gets raised and a lot of good people get to continue living their lives because of the work so many different places uh, are able to do, including Movember.com in the Live Strong Foundation. And this is something I take really, really seriously. And mental illness is no joke. And the NHL actually does a pretty good job of putting people in place to make that um, important to the league, I guess you could say. Uh, and we're going to, I don't have all the details yet, but Puck Puck Pass is going to be doing a lot uh, to try to raise money as far as uh, mental illness and men's health uh, for both prostate and testicular cancer through the Movember Foundation. Um, but I read this story and I just want to remind people that that's a real thing and that a 17 year old uh, all those years ago took his own life because he had no one to talk to. And uh, through the Movember Foundation, things are going to change. And uh, shout out to Hayden Fleury and Matt Dumba uh, for carrying that with them and, and trying to change the world. Uh, one smile at a time. Those seem like really good dudes. And I'm sorry that was not a very loud and angry 90 seconds, but it's something that's really important to me. And I know it's important to some of you guys out there and we're going to, we're going to do our part just like we are with the breast cancer stuff this month. Uh, next month, look out for some November links um, from either Zach or I or the puck puck pass pod Twitter. Uh, and we're going to, we're going to make a difference and we hope you guys can join us in doing that. And that's my piece. Yeah, thank you for that. I actually had not heard about that story. Um, I'm gonna go check it out now. I would suggest everyone uh, definitely do that. Head over as much as I like. Check that out. Yeah, as much as I like to hear you rant, um, it is nice to be reminded that you have a soul and a, and a good one at that. That we that's the reason why we keep you around here. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's easy to show anger all the time, but uh, it's pretty cool to to make a difference, and that's that's what we try to do. Eat whether it's your hockey knowledge, um, for you listening at home, or if it's giving you a, uh, an outlet to, to reach out to someone if you do need help. Uh, and obviously there are a million places uh, to, to go get help if you are feeling that way. So um, look out for Movember uh, links and, and all sorts of stuff. I'm growing a mustache for November. I actually just shaved off my huge ass beard. Um, so I am, I'm looking like a 10 year old, uh, but I will have a mustache I'm going to be growing that for charity through November. So look out for pictures and videos and all the content we do. Uh, you guys can make fun of me and tell me I look like Michael Sarah and all the, I will. the horrible jokes. Uh, wh- I will. What are you watching the rest of the week? Oh, this week I've got, uh, well, I took your couple episodes ago. You gave a recommendation about the Joker. So I'm going to go watch that tonight uh, in the theaters while it is still there. Um, I will be live streaming the Bruins Maple Leafs game. During that, because that is tonight, uh, should be the <laughs> game. Want to see, <laughs> want to see those two go at it, and then uh, Friday, which may or may not be a recording day for us, but the Avalanche play the Golden Knights. I'll most certainly be watching that, uh, and that is in Vegas. That is must see TV. So, you just mentioned earlier this episode that if Colorado was going to travel anywhere and lose to someone, it could be Vegas. And that's Friday. So we're going to put KJ's predictions to the test. Real life. I didn't let's, even have to set that up. And yeah, did it for me. Yeah. Let's hope I'm finally right about something. Um, yeah. I'm going to be watching a lot of hockey. There's Thursday night football could not be more boring. Um, so 
that's hockey and whatever the wife puts on on the TV for the, the rest of the week. Uh, and then we'll get a second episode out to you guys by the by the weekend. Um, and shout out, hold on, I gotta vamp for a second. I do have to find this name because he deserves recognition. Yeah, uh, I might I might have it for you. Mark oh, you Allred. Mark yeah. Allred. <laughs> You're quick. Shout out to you, Mark. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for giving the po- uh, the podcast a shout out. Um, that is really cool. And thank you for the Hershey Bears NHL Bruins tie-in. I knew I wasn't that far off. Um, I know. We got to go back and give you a half a point for that question. Exactly. Uh, but, Mark, thank you so much. And uh, we really hope you're still listening. That's that's really cool of you to do that. Um, dude, we're doing two episodes a week. How great is this? This is fun. Yeah. Anyone else want to shout us out? We'll shout you back out on the pod. I like that. That was fun. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We're always down to to interact with any other podcast or, or so-called hockey analyst. Um, do you want to go over the belly up store? We still got, we still got time left on the breast cancer stuff. Yeah. So, yep. It's still October. So you got a few couple, uh, what do we got? Is it a full week? I don't know. You got a f- couple days left. Ten to, days. No, yeah. You got less than 10, nine days to hit the shop. Get that, uh, well, you, obviously you can shop whenever, but for October, get the breast cancer awareness apparel. Half of our proceeds are going to the Susan G. Komen Foundation, Design Tree, who actually is the physically the, the team making your shirts. They do an awesome job. They're going to match every dollar that we put in. Also going to the Susan G. Komen Foundation. So that's cool stuff. I got mine. I got my hoodie. came in a couple days ago. I put a picture up on Twitter. It's super comfy. I would definitely suggest it. I got the family on it right away. Uh, that's otherwise, actually the third time you've mentioned how comfortable it is so it's definitely it, an actually comfortable it, it, hoodie. yeah it is like it's my biggest worry when i buy hoodies like a lot of people worry about whether they're gonna fit or not mine's like are they comfortable and this is comfortable i'm wearing it right now good i'm wearing a calgary flames hoodie actually at the moment a great under the jersey hoodie is this calgary flames one i know exactly what you mean when you say that <laughs> Uh, yeah, so definitely go check out bellyupsports.com. Click on the shop tab. Also, hockeyworld.com. Um, Pirani's Hockey World continues to sponsor this dumb show, and they email me all the time and ask nice. me if I need anything else uh, to help promote their store, which is kind of a funny way to do business, but I love it. Um, so if you're listening now, Pirani's, thank you so much. Hockeyworld.com, uh, apparel, gear, whatever you need for this season. Uh, we're, getting, we're getting in there. We're a quarter of the way through. Or no, we're not. We're 10% of the way through. That's what it was. Most teams have played eight, around eight games. So we're 10% through the season. Uh, if you still need gear or payroll, go to HockeyWorld.com, uh, at PuckPuckPassPod on Twitter, for Twitterless Maria, for at BellyUpZachMac. I'm at BellyUpKJ. Guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you later this week. Go Knights. We saw no light. We saw no be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at Gearholtz underscore K, at BellyUpZachMath, and at PuckPuckPassPod. Puck,